This was a tale that told itself simply and well. No more, no less. Love the book. It's brilliant. It's, it's amazing to read. You have to be a reader to really appreciate it. read the book a few times. And it's wonderful to have the book club in session again. I really missed last week and I was sorry to be ill, but it's fan- that, that happens in book clubs, Geordie. Oh, I needed the catch-up time for reading, <laughs> so it was a great relief. I'm sure lots of people are in book clubs know exactly that feeling. But what a, um, first of all, you'd better explain why it was that you thought Mr Pip would be, by Lloyd-Jones, would be the right book to, fin- to finish the year on. Well, I mean, after I said that, I suddenly, you know, recalled the way the book ends and it's such a terrible tragedy and so incredibly sad. And I thought, what was I thinking? But it's one of the, I mean, it's an odd paradox. Um, and, and the people who've read the book will hopefully be agreeing with me that although it's a very sad story, there's something about it you don't end feeling um, a terrible sense of letdown, but rather um, there's a measure of exhilaration that Matilda, who's the central figure of this novel, manages to escape her circumstances um, and to come to a kind of understanding of the experience she's been through. And I think that, that salvages all of the horrors the book describes. And the book is set in Bougainville. Well, Jones, and I've said this before, has taken two important trips in his career. One was to Albania just after the the wall had come down, and the other was to Bougainville, where in the early 1990s as a journalist, he saw some of the real on-the-ground events of the blockade of the island and, and this moment where um, this, this, with the kind of nod and wink, or at least the, the kind of silent complicity of the Australian government, um, PNG sent in soldiers and rebel Bougainvillians um, went to the hills uh, and there was great violence, bloodshed and unhappiness um, also we could, um, you know, kind of dig stuff out of the ground. And this is the story of a village and a girl who was caught up in the midst of this and how they managed and she managed to preserve her sanity, her sense of self and and indeed her, her life in the end. We've been talking about video games violence. There's a bit of violence in this book which is just, it, it catches you, almost takes your breath away with its suddenness. Um, Julie, you were a teacher in Bougainville. Yeah. Oh, tell me, how did you like this book? I loved the book and I really related to it really strongly. <laughs> you, weren't, you, weren't, you weren't like Popeye? No, I don't think so. I think so. Um, <laughs> although I can, I can just imagine a lot of the feelings that uh, he would have had in that situation. And I certainly felt a sense of being very white when I was there um, because there's nobody else that was other than I had my own my husband and my two children with me for the time that we were there and um, certainly felt very different in appearance to everybody but um, very accepted because they're just such a beautiful race of people, just so welcoming and even though they obviously have had such a um, horrendous history, such a traumatic and tragic history, just such beautiful people and such a beautiful place as well. I think when I read the book, Julie, I had a feeling of denseness and humidity in even in the words that were chosen, the way the sentence was were sort of constructed. You could feel a sense of something looming over Bougainville. Now, did you feel that when you were teaching there? 
Yeah, in a way I did. Yeah, there is a real sense of that. And you're certainly right about about the weather being very much very on you. <laughs> it's um, The humidity obviously is, um, is very intense. Uh, and yeah, there's most definitely a sense of that in the book as well. And that's why I loved in the book all those little bits about what it's like there. You know, just the, the way that the animals that are there are described. And that's just exactly what our experience was like as well with, you know, the pigs roaming around the houses and the chickens roaming around and the geckos on the wall and all those sorts of little things that were so beautifully described in the book are uh, just what it was like. So it was wonderful. So the last um, I actually read the book while we were there, which was just the most fantastic thing to do. <laughs> oh. Did did Jones get the uh, get right the kind of culture clash that went on in the classroom the the kind of miscommunications that sometimes occur between um, you know white world and islander world? Yeah, absolutely. And I really got a sense of um, and I think yeah, definitely in the culture, the whole uh, thing about not questioning what a teacher would say to you is very very strong. That uh, if a te- if your teacher tells you something, then that's the truth. You know, there's certainly no thought that the teacher could be wrong or that your teacher would tell you something that, that was inaccurate. The, yeah. one, one, thing, one thing that I really also loved was when um, after things started to uh, fall apart in the village and people were invited, elders from the village were invited to like give lessons from life to the children and yeah. it was so it, like it was though everything had equal weight, the word of Charles Dickens had equal weight with what all of these various parents wandered in and talked about, these strange lessons from life <laughs> Yeah that's true, that's true and that was well, well done in the book, I enjoyed that too Thank you so much. It was lovely to have you participate, Julie. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. So the number here is 1300 222 um, Another caller. Joy, good morning. Good morning, Deborah. This is just wonderful to speak with you. I actually phoned your office um, the, the morning you announced that it was going to be um, uh, the next book club because I had actually finished it reading that day. And it was really quite funny because I'd, I'd sort of listened to your um, uh, uh, book commentator say about the other one that Lloyd-Jones had writ- uh, written, that hand-me-down um, world. Yes. And uh, he went off to the library and came back with Mr Pip instead, and I was really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as it turned out, I, I, I think it was brilliant, and I really will be looking forward to reading his next one as well. What did you like about Mr Pip? I liked, first of all, the fact that he was able to get himself into the mind and the way of thinking and speaking of an 11-year-old girl in a totally different culture. You know, now, while I've got you on the line, I'll replay a part of an interview that we did with Lloyd-Jones, sure. which um, talks about how he found that voice. Just hold on. Thank the you. The imagination goes where it goes, and it, and it sort of um, locates itself in the voices that, you know, in order to, to tell the story it has to tell. Um, there's a certain amount of magic, a certain amount of accident, serendipity. It's not difficult. I mean, we're talking about language here. We, we, you know, when we talk about locating um, ourselves inside somebody's skin, we're not literally doing that. I'm not suddenly locating myself inside the, 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 the physical being of, a, of a, uh, a 12-year-old girl. I'm getting there through language, if that makes sense. He couldn't really explain it either, Joy. No, but he obviously has a superb epi- uh, epithet. Uh, I'm 
try and think again. Empathy for, for people of the different cultures. And I, I tell you what, it, it coincided with me as well because we went down to seek sculpture by the sea. And the, the um, sculpture that really um, struck me as being a poignant one, and in fact I voted for it, was the um, adaptable immigrant, the, the camel. And I, I sort of thought back to this, this woman, this little girl leaving her island, what could she take with her that was part of her world? And, um, you know, that, that was really striking home at the same time as the boat people were coming. And it just seemed very, very topical for the, for the moment as well. So, um, yes, certainly a sad ending, but I found it also incredibly uplifting, the whole book. And I have certainly recommended it to my son, who's, um, who actually did it, an honours in uh, literature in uh, Charles Dickens. So I'm certainly recommending it to him as well. Oh, you brought up such an interesting point. Thank you very much, Joy, for participating. That's much appreciated. My pleasure. Okay. I really appreciate speaking with You're you. You're welcome. one three hundred triple two seven zero two. And Joy has touched off there the, the Dickens thread. Yes, I, and this is this is the um, really intriguing thing about the book, and I think Jones must have thought to himself, "Aha, I'm onto something here." To thread the narrative of great expectations, which, to my mind, is Dickens' great novel, and I think to many other people's minds as well, um, through this this culture of such radical otherness. And, of course, what nobody really knows is they're not actually getting great expectations or not not, not the a kind of approved version, but one filtered through um, the teacher, uh, Mr. Watts, or Popeye's rather curious and eccentric mind. But it's I've never read a book that actually provides narrative purpose to um, the idea that literature is not just something in another realm that exists elsewhere, but rather that it really works, it really counts in the world. And I think Matilda's journey is one that begins with this epic reading of Great Expectations that takes place after all of the other white people on the island leave in the face of all of this incipient violence. And Mr. Watts is the only one left, and he's left because he really doesn't have anywhere else to go. His wife, who is an islander, has succumbed to madness. He himself is a deeply eccentric figure, um, but a man of, of great nobility of spirit in the tradition of Magwitch, who anyone who's read or seen a film adaptation of Great Expectation knows that he is an, one of nature's gentle folk. And this reading of Great Expectations, the only book on the island, becomes not just a book from the other side of the world, from the heart of the colonial project. It becomes, it goes feral, as my friend Delia Faulkner said when she reviewed the book, and goes, goes wild on the island, becomes tropical and luxuriant and takes on a life of its own, especially inside Matilda and in her later life. First of all, there's this, as, you, as you've described it, Mrs Watts is, goes mad. Um, that seems to have stemmed from a terrible tragedy that was almost a postnatal depression type tragedy. Um, and then the this island, while it's violent, sort of becomes a safe asylum for her. Like, like civilization was unsafe for her. She had to go there with him where she could sort of live with some shred of dignity and they could be together. Because if they'd not been there, well, she would have probably ended up you know, in a mental institution, I don't know. But it w- I love the idea that the forest was at once threatening but also an asylum for her. Mm. I, and I think I think for, for both of them, and this is one of the marvellously up, 
you know, the upsets that Jones provides because your expectations start from a position of um, uh, coming from the centre. We are, you know, this is the global white middle class of the West and and we set the terms of discussion. But Jones shows us throughout the book that, no, civilization may not be such a great place. Civilization is where Matilda's father has gone to to um, work for the mining company in Queensland on the mainland. And she's not sure that he is such a good or nice man. She feels herself to be an orphan. Civilization has orphaned her, but through great expectations, she has a way back into understanding or renegotiating her relationship to the Western mind. And it's a lovely thing to see. Now, it might be good to just replay a little bit more of, uh, of Lloyd-Jones talking about uh, Dickens and the Pacific. Just have a listen to this, if I can make it work. I was homesick from school and um, I heard my mother at the door. It was a door-to-door book salesman. They used to have such people in those days back in the times when people read. And, um, and she, she arrived at my bedroom door with a, a copy of Great Expectations, which I devoured. The immediacy of Great Expectations is, is fabulous. There's none of the sort of the throat clearing that is um, symptomatic of many of Dickens's other work. You're straight into it. I returned to the book when I was a, a, a student at university. I read it very, very differently. By that time, I was very much aware of my place in the Pacific as, a, as you know, someone of European stock. And one of the things I was already interested in was identity. And it seemed to me the whole business of Pip, the orphan, and uh, the immigrant of European ancestry living in, in, in the Pacific, fairly similar. I mean, both have to sever their past in order to become the new thing. He's such an inter- You know, it's interesting how writers, many things ferment inside a writer. And then he said to me that he sat down to write an entirely different book and it didn't work. And then this one came out. He said he wrote something like 17 versions uh, of the novel. And uh, what's intriguing is that his first, I think, five fictions are all New Zealand based. And then this was the moment where something inside him cracked and he saw a way of operating outside of just the kind of the nationalist project. He was going to be a a global writer. And in this day and age, when boundaries seem so porous, it's exactly the right kind of story that we, you know, need to be told. Geordie, thank you very much. I feel like um, your contribution to the show, it can't be replaced by anybody at all. The book club is such a wonderful thing. I look forward to it every month and I know lots of listeners do. So thank you very much for everything that you do. Great pleasure, Deb. Um, Mr Pip was Geordie's choice for the last book club of the month for, for very good reasons. And if you're searching for a book to read over Christmas, it's not uh, it's not too big, it's not too intimidating, it's a wonderfully involving story and you'll be totally captivated by this or any of Geordie's other choices. 